So one of the di- distinguishing features of the Buddha's teaching that we make use of is the teachings on karma. Karma action. So, and this is a, so sometimes the idea of karma, people have a sense this means something that's already determined or fate, you know, it's my karma to be this way or that way. But actually this is, this isn't the way the Buddha used the term. Karma is the action. This is always, a, it's like an energy now that's running through your nervous system the energy to do and doing in in, uh, everything from a kind of fairly coarse obvious way like physically moving around to just the doing of creating a thought the doing that occurs when you receive an impression and something this is kind of leaping of the mind yeah that's the energy of it. That, that's that's the karma. Mm. So it's, it has a bodily aspect to it. And, uh, we physically do things. It's an emotional or impulsive or aspect to it. We we are moved in our hearts, but just purely on the ordinary emotional level. Also in terms of determination, we're moved. We're inspired. Um, and so forth, and you also got a kind of a intellectual karma, which is the weaving of thoughts to fit our actions, to in a way to to um, give the messages, something that we interpret our experiences, put them in words, and that goes down into the heart, and we get some kind of response to that. Doesn't mean you're brilliant intellectual, but you know it's it's ten o'clock. It's time to eat, or it's Friday, or that's a cow running this way. You know, get out. So something comes up, start running, or get out of the way, or it's safe, or whatever. This is not. Uh, this is this is karma. You know, and um, so it's like that. It's something you always have a choice with. That's that's the that's the sense of it because of present moment energy, present moment energy running through the system. You can, you can steer it one way or another. You always have a choice. <coughs> what you don't have a choice about is whatever karma there is, there's bound to be a result. Whatever action you do, there's going to be some kind of result. And the result in, in, uh, is, is, is in terms of uh, ethical. Uh, experiences so that, that by the uh, you know if it was miserable uplifted uh, happy tranquil bright angry you know it's these are the results you know whether you're going to be born as a turtle or not in the next lifetime is speculation maybe maybe not but you can know you know you're of a rather reclusive nature <laughs> <laughs> you like to get your head down. <laughs> maybe, maybe that means this. But so you don't worry about that. Just look at you. You really try your way of of knowing uh, the future results is to begin to distill the kind of ethical quality of the action that you you're 
committing right now, whether it's the action of of avoidance or the action of of uh, you know <coughs> greed, simply speaking, kind of wanting more, aversion, resisting, being bitter, acting on that, having that stirring your mind up, delusion. It's kind of creating all kinds of thoughts and reasons and justifications for for behavior that uh, just act like a smoke screen so you're not really in touch anymore and probably of the these three unwholesome roots the most difficult one is delusion because it, it, it keeps fogging the, the picture yeah. So you don't really get a, you don't really see, you don't really even consider karma, or you've got a vague idea of what it's about, but you don't recognise, hey, it's happening right now, and the way I think, the way I perceive people, the kind of impressions, the, uh, the opinions I have, you know, what are the, what's in that? Is it is it steeped in jealousy or aversion or mistrust or, yeah? So just even in that, there's a kind of even the very idea we have of each other, you can have a certain sort of karmic current there that can be carrying these impressions. So you to us to, if it's got you know, jealousy, fear, mistrust, in it, there's going to be a result. The result is not going to be a good one. <laughs> That's how you know it. You, know, you just know that and really recognize there must be a result so this means like you know, take this to heart <clears throat> now we can feel um the delusion is the is the quality that actually brings up uh, takes us out of that frame of reference. For example, we might think, "Well, these are bad guys, and that's why they deserve it," and so forth. You know, so you get some kind of blustering sound going in your verbal karma that that screens that that fogs the picture. Yeah. So a lot of abstract thought is is often delusion. <laughs> you know, you get some ideological principle that, that allows you to be greedy or hateful, and doesn't says don't don't bother with this. It's all right, you know, to be greedy in this instance. That's fine, you know. It's just expressing yourself or something of that nature. It's all right to have hatred in this respect because these are bad people, or it doesn't really matter, you know. So, you know, so you anything, any kind of creations that that prevent one from seeing these harmful results or, under, or fathoming the ethical quality of what's going on are delusion-based. And this is, this is probably the biggest obstacle for us, delusion. Because <clears throat> then you don't see it. It's like the, the uh, you know, you might say the image could be one of, if, if you know a cup's got, cup of liquid's got poison in it, you don't drink it. You know, but if you think, oh, this is probably good medicine, you can keep throwing it back. And uh, it, it, 
So, so the delusion is a thing that doesn't let you see or understand or feel directly what's going on. So perhaps our most important um, action as meditators, as people who seek awakening, is to, is to get in touch with what's really going on yeah. in this level. To put aside the, the ideologies and the, and the justifications and the blaming and the memories and just get in touch with the actual ethical quality of the energy that's coming up in our hearts. Is it, is it kind of greed-based, aversion-based or what? Mistrust, fear, craving, manipulative, um, defensive, denying. At least if we know it's like that, then you've got some, you do have a choice to not follow it. <coughs> Follow it. There's going to must be a result. So it's, this is the most, perhaps the most important thing is for meditators is to actually no longer uh, contribute to delusion. Even if we still have deluded habits, we at least can. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not going to follow this one. I'm starting to get that kind of projection or that. You can feel a certain headiness or a blustering coming up in the mind. <clears throat> something that's taking one away from um, ethical awareness from um, the sense of <clears throat> you know, we don't do to others what we don't want them to do to ourselves um, from right view understanding things change impermanent that we're we're in this uh, sensory condition and it's not uh, it's not going to be unbounded pleasure that's not that doesn't mean you're not getting a it doesn't mean you're getting a bad deal it just means that that's the nature of it so anything that kind of tells us otherwise you know is going to be something that justifies uh, demanding attitudes or greed or ambition, expecting something that the sensory world can't actually provide. Once you know it for what it is, you think, oh, okay, this is the deal, fair enough. You know, then you can start to train and learn and adjust to the way it actually is. <coughs> so though there are, there are results, the results are called vipaka, um, the truth about the law of karma is that, that we parker doesn't have to generate fresh karma. That is, you can have a mind with uh, hatred in it, or aversion in it, or jealousy. Oh, it's like that. And just leave it there. You don't actually have to act on that. So it doesn't have to generate fresh karma. Neither do you have to get agitated about it. You know? or guilty about it, or worried about it, or speculate about it, you can just leave it there, stop. There is a stopping of karma. And this is also a, a significant feature of the Buddha's teaching, is karma and there's the ending of karma. It can be just these brief moments when we stop from the pell-mell or helter-skelter, or the reactivity of our minds. It's just, just wait a minute, you know. This is not. This is this is a mind that's hobbled with fear or 
tension, agitation, panic. Yeah, it just just um, this is not something to be followed. It takes a lot because uh, some of this stuff is is very deeply our reactivity is deeply embedded. <coughs> you get used to reacting. There's often a almost a requirement to come to react quickly. Yeah. Rather than to feel out the ethical quality of where you're, where one's coming from, sometimes the delusion is just um, uh, really not un- not uh, a short-sightedness. <coughs> So we don't really take into account what things entail. Um, you know, the things, the things just oh, want this and it can happen, or of not recognizing that we've inherited consequences. So we might, you know, it's rather like you might open the mind up and you look inside it. Ooh, ooh, ooh governor, you know. I think this is a write-off, you know. <laughs> Get a new one. Yeah. So that particular action yeah, is, is, is delusion. Because it's saying, this is permanent, this is real, this is what you are. There's no, no change in it. But actually you can witness the mess of the mind. And bring up some loving-kindness, some equanimity, some sense of, of just that which allows a sense of non, non-reactivity to that. So really, in brief, all our meditative karma is just that which allows the stopping, you know, so that whatever we park there is, in terms of memories, energies, um, conv- you know, the convolutions of, this, of what we inherited, to find the way in which we, we don't make more of that, or act out of aversion, or react, or, di- or act out of delusion on it. So it's allowing it to cease. <clears throat> Sometimes when one thinks of something like karma and action, we might again m- misunderstand the subtleties and the, and the extent of this. Think it's a tremendous slug it out kind of of pr- process where you're just thrashing away all day long. But it's uh, it's it's a, a skillful kind of a tuning. Because uh, some some things actually need determined effort. Some things just need to be allowed to cease. Some things need to be responded to with um, patience, kindness, and so forth. Some things just you just need to focus a bit more clearly. There's a whole kind of range. Just like you, you, you know, meet you meet uh, a person. You know. There's all kinds of things you could respond to them with. And you've got to have that sense of you haven't just got one stock response, but you've got the sense of well, what is this, and how does it affect me? And then, you know, 
And this is a lot of this is the, when you're working with the, the mind, a lot of this is the skill of meditation. And so perhaps the first thing we begin to understand is not to just jump to conclusions or panic or imagine, oh, this is a quick knock it out, bash it out job. You know, get down there and here we go and have this sorted out in a day or a week or a year. Some karma, some results take a long time to to arise. So you, you have, one has kinds of results that come from actions that have happened many years ago. Some of them are, are um, <coughs> strong karma. That is karma that's quite tenacious. Um, habits, uh, things that made a deep impression, f- formed one's behavior, one's mind, one's, one's attitudes are, are, have been fashioned in a particular way. So you inherit that. It doesn't turn around overnight. But there can be, for a start, just that stopping of calm, which is, which is the non-belief in it, as uh, permanent, as what I am, you know, that, that lifting off, that, that sense of stepping back, viveka, detachment, to say, oh, it's this, it's like this. And we don't have to um, ruminate over it. So, to that extent, you know, the stopping of karma is something to, to experience. Not, well, you know, well, how much karma I've got to wear out? Ten lifetimes, hundred lifetimes. No, 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 no. You find where it stops now. Because that's the only way you really get a model of what stopping of karma is about. And you can actually do it now. I mean, you're not going to stop the whole shooting match, but you can at least stop the level of immediate reaction at a kind of surface level of experience, where we first start to, to get going. You see what it takes. The kind of firmness, yeah, persistence, discernment, yeah. Good heart. So probably as with any action, anything we undertake, you know, the first thing to do is learn how to prepare. We can do something, we'll set it up straight first of all. So, this is a useful thing just to, to train oneself in. I'm someone who tends to be a bit impulsive, you know. So I, I see something and do it, and I just go and do it. I think, well, no, wait a minute, I should have put my work clothes on. I can't be bothered. I want to get in and do it. You know? So, uh, I remember the, the other year I had this very nice... Um, jacket that somebody made for me, the monks have made for me. And I was lovely, nice, clean, because I nice, clean, new jacket, you know. So, the first, first day I had this jacket, and then 
I was having this kind of leak coming through a bit of my my wall where the rain would come in very occasionally. For some reason, at 10 o'clock at night, I thought, I'm going to fix that thing. And I just grabbed hold of a mastic gun and got out there and it was black, 10 o'clock at night. And I thought, for some reason, I just got impulsive and did this thing. And of course, you know, these mastic guns, they squirt silicone out in the end. And the idea is that you squirt out the nozzle and you put it in it all nice and clean. doesn't work like that. doesn't work like that for me. What happens is it comes out and you get to stick it in with your fingers. No. At least that's the way I, it's because I, I never actually probably learned how to use one of these things properly. You've got to get the pressure exactly right. So I kind of wodge all this stuff with my fingers. I've got this kind of sticky silicone all over my hands. But, oh, how do I get in back in, inside the house without getting in? So I managed to use my elbow to get the door open. And I thought, okay, I'll wash it. Then the, for some strange reason, electricity blew. <laughs> so it's now pitch black. 10 o'clock at night, pitch black, got my hands in mastic. <laughs> Why did I get this state? Why did I do this in daylight, you know? Why didn't I change my... So I managed to kind of find my way downstairs and uh, I prided myself on knowing where I put a torch. I managed to get a torch on and I got, a, got the torch in my mouth, holding this torch in my mouth, trying to clean this mastic off my hands. I did not look down, I got big streaks of it down my nice new jacket. <laughs> so, this is because of not preparing. <laughs> you know, that kind of impulse to get it done. <clears throat> so, certainly my, my disposition is always, uh, it's a better mind, you know. Set up, set up the, the desktop, set up the workshop, get the tools ready, sharpen them, get them clean, put the right clothes on, and you've got your safety goggles on. These are the kind of things that my mind doesn't want to bother with. So I, just, so I try, try to train like that. And, um, and then, you know, work like that, get a kind of certain sense of a systematic quality to, to, the, to the energy and the efforts put in. When we uh, cultivate meditation, then the things to set up is a long-term basis is 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 sila, is uh, ethical soundness, morality. Yeah. So that when one turns off the action, the external action of doing and stuff like that, and you just come into the residues of the mind. Is not a complete mess. And we know how to uh, be straight in what we're doing. We know how to be honest. We know how to avoid um, um, distraction and violence to ourselves (coughs) and to others. And Certainly, in the um, Asian tradition, it's always the case that in the long term, you will begin with generosity. Generosity, then virtue, then meditation. The generosity is a preparation. It's like, because what that does is it, it very much 
enforces in a happy and joyful way the sense of mutuality. It's a way of, in which we reach out to the world around us without um, grabbing it. You know? So you get a sense of the heart, it's a joyful quality of that. That uh, there's a, when, you're, when there's, a, there's a mind of generosity of that moment, we're not asking for anything for ourselves, there's not the grabbing, there's not the manipulation, <coughs> there's not, you know, we're putting aside the, the aversion, we're recognizing another being and what will make them happy, or what we feel will make them happy or for their welfare. That's a very nice quality to that. Uh, it means that that we're actually giving and imparting something rather than trying to find something and pull something in. And this is the right kind of basis for the, the desire of meditation, or chanda, the eagerness of meditation. It's this sense of being able to impart and bring around and bring forth rather than seek and have and get and gain. Now, it's not that, that there's no achievements or no attainments, but you don't, you don't set up that basis. You set up the basis of just let me bring forth what's good. Yeah? Let me bring forth what's good. And so you, basic training in generosity. And then when you work with that, then your, your mind operates in that way when you come to sit. Like, rather than, well, I want this, I want that, how many, find this, get that, sort this, is it this, is it that? It just is to bring forth good energy into one's, uh, into one's mind, into one's heart, into one's body. So, I think uh, for this, quite naturally, in a sense of kindness, Bringing, bringing some ease into the body, bringing some ease into the mind, bringing some appreciation into the mind, bringing some encouragement into the mind, you know, nursing it, so forth. These, I think, are really important uh, attitudes to, to generate because of the nature of vipaka, because there is an amount of residual karma, of, of stuff that's inherited, that's not so happy, not settled. Huh? You need to actually bring forth the, the willingness to impart a good energy to the residues that we have. May I be well. <clears throat> and then virtue, very straight. Mm. Non, non-abuse of one's mind or of others of course and just being straight with oneself honest and actually when you when you sit to meditate, it's just good to, to recollect and bring yourself, attune yourself to those, to those qualities. Is there a mind of goodwill? Or even a mind that's free from, you know, really heavy ill will? Do I feel irritated or frustrated with myself? Can I first of all 
relinquish that? Do I feel inadequate? Do I feel like a failure? First of all, can I relinquish that? Do I feel like I've got so much bad karma, I'm a real mess and I'm never going to make it? Well, let's, first of all, let's just relinquish that one. Yeah. So the sense of, of these all combined, don't they? Metta, kindness, compassion, refuge, settling in. This is our preparation work. And then to refrain from abuse of one's mind, one's heart, and to clean out those tendencies to abuse or deny or distract. So, and then you you can actually just recollect that quality, the upright mind. So, you just kind of turn to that those very qualities and they, they've got a, a, a tone to them upright, spacious, bright and you begin to tune into that particular quality this attunes you to the right the heart energy or the chitta which is skillful It's important to get this right because the heart energy is, is the motor of, of, of volition. It's a motor of inspiration or desperation. It's a motor which says, oh, I can't be bothered. I'm not going to work anyway. Or it's the motor that says, Gee, just, just move one moment. One moment, you can do it. It's not going to kill you. One moment, it'll be okay. So you get that right, then you've got your, your, your preparing things properly. And then um, one always begins to, to realize that just that, that quality of, of turning, changing your volition or moderating volition in the heart, so it doesn't just follow the grumbling habits or the uh, fed-up habits or the resentful or the uh, sad. You know, you know, you don't have to do that. Just, just set that up, and then begin to regulate. Hey, you can stop. You can come out of that. It may take some time, but you come out of it, and then, then the actions that you bring up or the directives from the heart the energy of the heart is actually going in the right direction and if, you, if your heart is, is weary and, and feeling despondent it's not going to bring up the right you can't trust the directives that come from that they'll probably tell you oh well, you know, just just get this over with. <laughs> yeah. Or if it's tense and agitated and panicking, that kind of quality, it's going to be, oh, well, you know, hurry up, quick, it's got to be this, it's got to be that, you should be there by now, and do this, do five of these and get the breath and get the... Yeah. So you, the energy is just, it's not over the right place. So you've got to set that up. 
And when you can set it up, when you see it, this is important, and it's just, it's just this place, this heart place, there's a kind of eagerness that arises. And this is chanda, desire, the right kind of desire. It's that sense of, hey, you know, you, you see a break, you see a change, you see, and you don't want to go for that. You see you can turn things round, hey. You see how... Um, some of these emotions and psychologies that one succumbs to, you can you don't know, you can get past them. You know, this isn't saying this is the complete end of it, but at least for that one one moment, you can get past and you can get some action moving that's independent of those. Well, I think this is really important. If there's nothing more one does than that, it's just that every moment you come from the quality of of uh, faith, you know, and encouragement. As you get a desire, eagerness. Because I think for many people, the case can be that the thing that's, that, that comes up is, is, oh, there's too much to do. My mind is just, oh, it's, I just, oh, no. So that, now that is karma, that's an action, that's a mental action, that's an emotional action. It does something, it brushes aside, it pushes aside aspiration, it pushes aside faith, it squashes it. That's an action, that's powerful karma. And there must be a result of that from that. So if we just stop that, you don't have to get anywhere or produce anything, if you just stop doing that, you know, there's going to be a different result. There's going to be a, a bit of openness, a sense of freedom, and then one feels this quality of chanda arising. Hey, I don't have to be that. I'm the way through this. Hmm. And this is the chanda is the first of what are called the idipada or paths of success or power. It means the, the ability to, to bring around uh, results. Four of these chanda, virya, persistence, chitta, heart, awareness, and vimangsa, discrimination. So these, in a way, are, are kind of um, one way of describing the, the set, you know, the four fingers of your hand, if you like, you, which, which you operate through. It's not just one, it's all four. <clears throat> so maybe just that very sense of we monks or discrimination is... The, is you know, it's right at the end. It's the thing that surveys and says, you know, gives us and tells us, well, first of all, prepare the ground. This is the first thing to do. You know, discrimination is something that just starts to to tidy things up, set things in order. Right? Do this first, this, this much, and then notice where you lose it, where you're getting it right. Notice the results. That's discrimination. Heart. 
quality of whether it's inspired, uh, joyful, warm, friendly, easeful, mm. and energy, chanda, the vigor of it, and um, uh, persistence is is the is the virya aspect, the ability to sustain the stamina, if you like. And this is the way one, one's karma is fashioned skillfully with the aim being to, to uh, where, does it st- where, where, does, where does the harmful karma stop, the negative karma stop, delusion stops, mm. where does aversion stop, where does greed stop. This is really a, a path is, is like this. And it's important to you know, have that kind of reference because karma is something that's, that you can see is just something we're doing just sitting here. But of course that's not the end of the story, is it? There's also the, you go out and you see people and it starts happening. You say something, it starts happening. So this is like, you know, a meditation that goes from the subtlest to the most obvious external. And it, it's very important that one doesn't differentiate one from the other. Like, oh, it's off, off the cushion, doesn't really matter. The really important work is sitting here. Because what you do externally is certainly going to leave the results then you have to sit with. <coughs> <coughs> And uh, what, what our meditation can do is means we can actually come out with a fresher, brighter, more, more astute way of responding to, to the world around us. Sometimes it's useful, even when on retreat, in this particular form, the, the times when we, we move around, like just going out for the meal, for example. Just as you walk along, as I was noticing, just walking from here into the kitchen, just uh, how do things affect me? You know? Things worry. Has that been done? Is that proper? Is that right? You see something at the middle of my Worries about it. You know? <laughs> you know? That's not... It's just noticing things like that. Oh, you see some. No, oh, it's just a bubble comes up. Okay, it can be good karma, bad. There is it's a rising, and uh, it's just noticing um, how <clears throat> just to be able to to um, not be in that, but be with it. The reference, just to, to have the reference to one to the body as you're walking along. You can feel the body walking along. You see something, and then notice when one loses the body. Suddenly, you're out there in the thing. This is dangerous. You're losing your home base. Can you? One can actually stay in the body, notice something, 
and you get a perspective on the arising of the feeling, of the mood. There it is, you know, the sense of happiness or agitation or nervousness or whatever it is. And then you've got a choice. You can act on it or not act on it. So perhaps one of our, our first um, resources when we meditate, that we bring out into the world, is the sense of being able to, to use the body as a, as a mooring place so that you, you get some choice over what um, volition you follow. It's, it's often noted that one of the um, things about meditation is that, that you become much more sensitive. So the idea of everything just stopping and going calm and that's the end of it and goodbye and so forth is really uh, you know, not the case. So you may even have had that when you're sitting in meditation, things go very quiet and still. You come out, you open your eyes, you walk around, and there we are. You know, Suddenly you're being affected by sights and sounds, perhaps more intensely than before. So we're not, we're, one recognizes that the ending of karma doesn't occur just through calming everything down. You, know, you can go into calm states where you're not there, you're not being affected by anything. And you're know, fine. But to think that's the end of it, it's like the story of the (coughs) the the yogi who who um, would be buried. Said he could be buried alive. You know, said I can be buried alive. I can suspend my breath and suspend animation for six months. You can bury me and then dig me up at the end of it, and I'll, I'll, I'll come back again, he said. So this, I think it was a king he made this boast to, so the king said, well, yeah, well, well and I'll test you on that. And the yogi said, well, I want a horse. If, 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 if I succeed, you've got to give me a horse. Yeah. So they buried him, and uh, he went to the suspended state, they dug him up six months later. The first thing he said was, where's my horse then? <laughs> <laughs> so immediately, you know, all the, all the greed had been stopped. <laughs> as soon as he came out, it was right there again. <laughs> you know, you can suspend things. That doesn't mean it's ended. It. You just left the territory. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, very often, you know, the energy that one uses to just hold the mind is very, very helpful. And you can use the energy relating it to your, to your body. So the energy, the presence of the body is a dynamic experience, something you can feel the palms of your hands, the soles of your feet, the uprightness of the body, you feel you're in it. Yeah. And then you can notice the kind of, some, you see something, the heart rises up. Okay. But you stay in that, and the mood passes. And you begin to, in the passing of that, that impulse, that's where you actually see the, um, the fallacy, deceptions of it. That's where you get the realization. 
So we go through the uh, arms, the arms food, and uh, you know we we have this situation where we can actually um, choose food. There's maybe ten, twelve dishes there, all kinds of things, you know, savouries, fruits, cakes, and so forth. And I notice I go through there, and I try to figure out how much I really need to eat every day, you know, put some rice in, curry, beans, and also I look at how many there is, and it doesn't know it's enough, so I'll, I'll leave that for other people, so I don't take something if it's not enough for everybody, put some fruit, you get so it's a cake or something, and you're like, ooh, a cake, I have one of those. <laughs> 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 and then you, you get a little cake <laughs> and then you get back to you you sit down and think God who put all this food in my bowl <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had to actually practice with that just walking along and seeing the thing where the mind kind of leaps out and just wait for a moment before acting not to kind of fudge the issue or blow or cover it up just to wait for that moment and just think, whoa little happy oh, so, so happy and, and then it's, oh it's just, you need one of these for your health or <laughs> something like that you know or, or it's, good to, it's good to have something a treat for yourself, you work very hard or something kind of line, you know this is illusion <laughs> and then the impulse dies, I recognise you know I was all right before I got to this cake, and I'll be all right after it. If this cake hadn't appeared, <laughs> I'd have been all right, you know. <laughs> and yet, at that very moment when you see it, you've got to have it. You've got to have that cake. You should have it. You're right. You know, they they people want you to have that cake. <laughs> and you get this kind of agitation, and then if you just stay with it, you watch the. The, when, the, when the little reason dies you just feel the agitation of greed and then watch that passing my goodness, what was all that about? Yeah. just notice the things that you, 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 you know, the greed energy around as it happens over Remember, before you saw that thing that you get excited about, you were all right, weren't you? You weren't in some state of deprivation, or you know. and then when you saw it or heard it, you're going to have it. You were out there, and then when you had it, you didn't feel any better afterwards. <laughs> so you kind of look look at the whole process of that how it happens. The, 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 the delusion of greed, which says you've got to have this, it's your right, it'll make you happy, it'll be good for you, whatever. And you were all right before it. And you're not any better afterwards. You see that. And you, you actually understand the energy of greed. The energy of that. Here it is. And it, through understanding it, feeling the energy, holding the energy steady, 
feeling it, you, you begin to see through it and it pales. It pales, becomes no longer 3D, it's just the kind of twitch and then it gradually dies. One hasn't fed it. It's notable that um, in terms of working with uh, karma, you know, there's a couple of instances where the uh, questions come up in the in the scriptures, and um, someone says, "Well, as way I understand it, is that the a really noble recluse who has no thoughts of ill will, no thoughts of greed, no thoughts of delusion." You know. And then the Buddha says, "Well, if that's the case." Surely, like a, a newborn baby would be a noble being, because they don't have much greed, they just don't even know what things are. No thoughts of malice. They haven't actually got that together yet. But he said, the Buddha is saying that a truly skillful person understands the arising of greed, unskillful thoughts, unskillful, understands it understands how it arises, understands the pull of it, understands the release from it, understands the ceasing of it. That's the kind of thoroughness that uh, one undertakes for the, so that these residual elements of things that attract or delight or push our buttons gradually they lose their potency. It's like seeds that can't grow anymore. Now in, in that process then certainly we need the the strengths. And this is where you know you 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 begin to see well discriminate between where the really heavy stuff is and the very negative stuff very passionate stuff see if we can at least not act upon it physically and then notice if you haven't acted on it physically just bear that in mind one has not broken one's one's virtue Mm. so you've kept that good rather than I had a lot of craving or aversion or spite going on in my mind I didn't act on it so you notice that you, you discriminate you notice there's no been no action on that so this is the way you begin to instead of creating more karma out of this you know by by thinking oh, I have a, my mind is a mess blah, 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 blah. so your mind you didn't act upon it so this is the way you gradually kind of cut back into that. <clears throat> and you don't spin out onto the, into this, um, this painful, this is where hell is, these painful hell realms. Instead your, your, your energy can come back and it tends to settle, settle in the body. This must be the base, 
because we have bodily karma, karma of the heart, and karma of thought. Now, if you lose touch with any of those, with either the body or the heart or the thinking mind, then you can't really be cleaning them out, can you? Do you know what I mean? If you could actually clean out the residues, then you, where are those residues? There's bodily residues, there's heart residues, there's um, mental patterns, there's ways that we think. So you, you've got to actually be in that to, to clean it. No point going somewhere else, saying, oh, it's fine over here. Yeah. So, so when meditation comes together, then it's always this gathering up into the, the bodily energy, the high energy, and the energy of, dis, of thinking, which is just the ability to, to point and notice and know. So this is where we, we begin to, to measure them up. Body energy can be tense or tight, slack, weak. Oh, well, let's try sitting. Balance the posture. Let's try breathing. Let's try breathing out completely. Let's try relaxing the chest or the shoulders. So you just work around it like that. Prepare it like that. So you get your body energy there. So that the negative results, in that sense, are no longer are disengaged from, and you get the positive quality of the body energy. This then becomes your your most your fundamental um, support, and you go into the uh, quality of heart, sense of empathy, conscience, kindness, non-abusiveness. Just sitting like that, and then you begin to, as you as you relax, you begin to feel yourself, your awareness in your body, feeling the breathing, steadiness of that. And then the thinking is there, not to create a lot of thought, but just to, just to notice. It's the sense of noticing, when do I lose it? When do I slip off? When does the mind slip out? What happens there? Where does the delusion trip me up? Avert, the adverting of the mind, the adverting of attention. Because uh, we don't see that. What we see is suddenly we're, we're in some little dream, some scenario, some paradigm, somewhere or the other. Well, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, you didn't see the trip. The trip was the, the quality of delusion, which you, know, when you, you slept, or you nodded, or you drifted, or something triggered, and you went off. So then, first thing we want to counteract is the delusion quality. So instead of bringing up a whole lot of, of analysis and judgment and tribunals over that, it's just clarity. Where, where's the breathing now? Where's the body now? Drop 
back into that. And then study, as you begin to notice, just following. That's why breathing is such a, a good exercise, because you've got a, a moving object you can trace. It's happening by itself. It's not something you have to do. It happens by itself. It's a very good barometer of embodiment, whether you feel tense, or bright, whether your energy slack, or, or, or forceful. And you can follow it. And you can notice, oh, it's, it's towards the end of the out-breath. That's where it, I never I haven't noticed an out-breath properly in the last while. Yeah. Or it's the pauses between the breaths. I don't, you know. Or it kind of whenever my breathing goes from my chest down to my abdomen. So you just notice the places where you begin to, to uh, be more discerning. And then the persistence quality is to, is to uh, put more, bring more energy there. Bring more, there's something to be learned here. Particular habit that's, that's, that's resting there, that, that trips out. Mm. It's like when you've got a electric uh, setup and you find out, you check all the points, where does it trip out, where does the circuit break, is it the lamp, is it the iron, is it the kettle, is it the fuse box, where is it? And you just check out, you just try this one, try that one, try this one, and then you find out where it's broken. Now that's where you need to, to put continuing awareness. So there's a process there, isn't there? And as one begins to, to uh, realize that whenever the de- delusion factor diminishes anywhere, or the greed factor diminishes anywhere, or the hatred or aversion factor diminishes anywhere, any level of the mind, there is an overall sense of the whole system feels fresher. It's like when you take a, a thorn out of your foot, the whole system relaxes, not just the foot, the benefits from it. <coughs> so it's often we find quite significant results from just um, following the breath when the energy is, as it, as it goes into its quieter stages, because it's rather like when the body energy softens as the breath becomes subtler, then there are particular um, hindrances and uh, latent tendencies that become apparent then. It's rather like you don't notice them, just like you don't see the stars in the daytime because the sun's out. It's only when the sun goes down, it's darker, that you notice them. So it is with uh, latent tendencies. When things are moving, and things are vigorous, and things are strong, and things are loud, you don't see them, you don't feel them. It's only when things go soft that you begin to see, oh, this is where the, the doubt is, or the agitation, or the restlessness, or the tension, it's just there. So you clean layer after layer, and the, one of the aims of, or the results of, of samadhi is in the quietening and the deepening you come to, to more and more refined layers of these residues. <coughs>
<clears throat> yeah, and it's uh, these are these are not uh, these are not insignificant. But essentially, the, the, the doing of the practice is the doing that reveals and stops reacting. It's a doing, in fact, that undoes. So you don't actually have to do anything in one way about the residues so much as just not to, not to, not just not to do them. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the efforts of our practice are to, to to refrain, to build up the strength to refrain from doing the unskillful or the blinding or the distracting and reveal and then in the revealing these karmas, these vipaka cleans itself, it finishes itself and that's the beauty of it there is an ending to, to karma there's even an ending to the karma of meditation. It's not something you always have to do. The, the results of it are finally things you don't do. They happen. Uh, so there can be that rest of volition, the rest, uh, which is the piece of realization. And you notice this also, meditation sometimes, I better do some work. Mm. And sometimes it's just, oh, right now, nothing's needed. So that takes discrimination. Uh, Just get to an ideology that it's really work, 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 struggle, push, strive, get on, thrash, dig, it's just solid corruption all the way down the line. <laughs> uh, that's mental karma. Mm. Uh, the sensitivity to know not much is needed now. and the agility to know, sharpen up, when it's time to sharpen up. Amen. Uh-huh.